Hey there, hey. welcome back. Hey there, welcome back. Hey there, welcome back to another episode or episode of Popular Def Leppard Podcast. Till Death Podcast. Do a podcast. Uh, yep, welcome back. Uh, this is, of course, the number five most popular, uh, according to iTunes rankings, whatever value you place on those, number five most popular uh, Def Leppard News podcast. Yep. I don't know if Stuart mentioned this, but welcome back. Welcome back welcome to back. our show. Welcome uh, back. We've missed I'm, you. I know I've missed yeah. you. Uh, so as Alex said, uh, I'm you, your host, Stuart Wellington. Yep, and that's what I said. Is the person who was just talking? I'm Alex Smith. Alex Smith, our resident hysterian, mm-hmm. which means Def Leppard expert in uh, uh, Latin. Doctor Def, they call me. Doctor Def. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Doctor Def, uh, how have you been lately, buddy? It's been a little while. <laughs> Just imagining, like, uh, that that documentary, the doctor, the, is it Errol Morris? Is that the guy? Uh, the Dr. Death documentary about the guy who makes uh, gas chambers, and, or uh-huh. it was a, it turned out to be, a, like, a Holocaust denier. He, he got sucked into a bunch of Holocaust denial stuff. Just trying to that imagine. That is funny. I understand why you were just Yeah, laughing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going yeah. on with you, Stuart? What's been happening? Uh, I've had a, I've had a, I've had kind of a rough week. Uh, depending on when you guys listen to this, this is uh, what I understand. You've had a rough week. Yeah, so I'm building, uh, I'm building a new bar, and it's kind of been a little bit difficult. And uh, the other day, my business partner said, "Oh yeah, the bar smells kind of weird. Uh, the bar's not open yet." And he said that the bar smells kind of weird, and uh, I, there's some kind of like melted slush in the basement. Which might make sense because we just had a big snowstorm. Sure. Uh, so I I went by and I checked it out, and uh, it did smell bad. And I went downstairs, <laughs> and uh, that's not slush. There was like a lake of uh, waste and uh, and like sewage, basically human human um, waste. Like uh, yeah, I mean it's human waste. Little like, little poo poos and some peepees and stuff. Like imagine. Like a brown but very watery salsa, and that's about <laughs> what you're getting. Um, okay, okay. And I, I say salsa because there was uh, now. I don't mean to get a little bit gross here up top, but there was a uh, lot of salsa. Fast forward. There was a lot of cilantro was, in it. Uh, there was certainly some partially digested lettuce, um, and that was before I got to the. So what had happened was a uh, a, a sewer pipe had been blocked. Uh, with accumulated rust and various other things. Yeah. And uh, the apartments upstairs, uh, wastewater had nowhere to go except through our air, bra- our air break that we have in the basement, which is basically there for that exact reason. In right. the case that there's a sewage backup, it won't get into our, uh, like our food prep or ice, uh, food prep sinks or ice wells. So Whew, we, uh, man. so luckily, uh, and, we since the bar's not open, we don't go in every day. You know, we we go by every couple of days. Yeah. Um. And uh. So I got to spend a uh. And so the the air break in the basement, which is basically a gap between two pipes, um, it had basically turned into a volcano of shit. Oh, and so when so, they say air break, that literally just means is like 
two there's no valve there there's nothing connecting the two pipes no so it's like like one pipe yeah it's one pipe feeding into another pipe with like a bowl okay so the the water just sprays into there now that pipe the the water that's coming in there is mainly from just our the back bar sinks which is where and the ice wells so there uh, not a ton of water comes through there okay um but it's meant so that should there be a backup, that wastewater won't go all the way back up the pipe into our sinks. I see. I see. All right. Well, fascinating. So yeah, I got to spend about stuff. three hours shoveling, uh, shoveling shit water into a drain, and uh, and then washing and bleaching the floor. Yeah. Before we eventually had to uh, had to hire a plumber to remove a section of the sewage pipe that had the blockage right. and replace it. So in addition to it being a terrible uh, experience, it was also expensive. Yeah. Great. So that's where I'm at. So I need a pick-me-up today, Alex. Okay, well, let me... And I think I think you're going to deliver. Yeah. Well, we, we've got a song that's about, uh, let's say, uh, accidental untoward emissions right off the bat. Sure, yeah. Right out the gate, we have... Uh, right under uh, the gate, we have uh, Coming Under Fire. Or, now, actually, this is your... actually uh, first of all, let me say on behalf of everyone listening that that's a terrible story, Stuart, and I'm very sorry that you had to go through that. That sucks a lot. Oh, thanks. Your, uh, your sympathy means a lot. Good. I'm glad that it's that registered. Didn't mean, I didn't mean that as sarcastic as it sounded. <laughs> well, I just, I just want it on the record. I just want to be able. Oh, okay, yeah. I just want You it, didn't want people to think de- uh, that. Put a little check mark. Doctor, Doctor Death over here is only <laughs> interested I, in Death Leopard and a, not his co-hosts. Uh, you know, uh, financial troubles. Sure. Um, so. If you if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. This is a podcast where we talk about Def Leppard. Um, if you are not, well, you know the biz. We are gonna talk a little bit about a. We're gonna talk about these songs in depth, analyzing them in depth. In, right in now- depth. Yep. You gotta put yep. an yep. F yep. before you the again. pth. You got- <laughs> uh, keep me honest over here, my co-host <laughs> Alexander Smith. So uh, we are in the second half of the album. Uh, Pyromania. We're and we're starting with the third song. Yeah, we we did B. two whole songs last episode. Uh, okay, we did. That's a new record for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were but they were pretty meaty songs. There was a lot to talk about with those songs. We did a lot of things. We we went from, I mean, we went from a from a busted down, broken old sex carnival in the middle of a cold night to basically mm-hmm. the end of the uh, of the Soviet empire. We uh, we took down yeah. we took down the wall. Um, so it was so it was pretty big. I I'm not going to I, I I generally like to bring people up to speed on what we've talked about before cuz I think it helps in talking about the themes to sort of reiterate what what they are going in. But I think since this is a part 2 of side B, I don't uh-huh. think we need to go all the way back to the beginning here. If you're starting, so you're saying with you're saying pause the podcast, download uh, the the first part of side B, and yeah, listen to that I mean, first. at the very least, don't start listening to a podcast <laughs> with part two of side B of a section of something uh, when we're talking about a trilogy of albums. This is a really harsh critique about this theoretical this is, listener. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm speaking specifically to you, pal. Listen up, Jeff. Uh, this is a bad or, choice or you're Donna. making, Donna. Well, I've, 
I don't know. It to me it's less it's less bad if Donna's doing it. But Jeff okay. Jeff I'm pissed at. All right. Okay. So but let me but let me just recap a little bit what we talked about on the last episode <laughs> i'm not going to do a recap uh until this one no i no i just want to cover the the side uh the or uh, part one i just want to put a little lid on side one which is that we had the song foolin yep because this stuff's going to directly play into what we're talking about today we had song we had the song first song foolin which was uh this was joe elliott's sort of like cry for help um like we said it was this cold shut down carnival sex orgy uh fun fair fun zone thing and joe basically in that song is just wondering if he'll ever love again and what love is even worth if it if it's not there for him in that moment followed by that we had rock of ages uh, classic classic radio banger rock of ages yep um which is a which we we decided is basically like a men's wilderness retreat anthem, uh, and it's sung by by men uh, with their shirts off right before they set fire to some stick man that they've made that I guess is meant to represent like emasculation or like uh, if they've got like a female boss or something and they want to get yeah, back to their primal out. primal roots. For Joe specifically, it's a song about how destruction and disconnection, where he is in that moment. Uh, they are they are our most powerful, our oldest instinct, and so um, so that's basically what we did thematically. And then we also discovered some hidden messages, uh, reversed messages in the middle of Rock of Ages in the guitar solo that Joe says, where he says, "Fuck the Russians, Brezhnev's got herpes," and we uh, so there, there's a there's a, a message uh, sent out. Uh, clandestinely to Russia um, and Leonid Brezhnev who died right after. And we, I uh-huh. haven't done any further research on that. I don't know if, uh, I, I, I don't, again, I don't know if we can say that Def Leppard uh, single-handedly brought down the Soviet empire, but we've definitely got some evidence to say that one, this series of th- this music that we're listening to thematically might be linked to some kind of attack or an, um, analogy about the evils of the soviet empire and two that it might have practically played a part uh as some bit of espionage to to help take down the soviet empire and so that's where we are the end of rock of ages sure so coming after that we have a little song coming it's called coming under fire Now, Alex, I'm not a guitar player. You are. But uh, if I were, I imagine when I hear those opening notes, I would totally think I was having a wet dream. <laughs> is that because the guitar tone is so moist? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's sort like of moist and quacky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's, and that, uh, you know, it's got that opening couple of licks, and then you have a little guitar solo come in in the background. It's great. Yeah. So you think you you would compare that to a to a wet dream? 
Yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's a promise for something else. Yeah, it does have it does have because that's every wet dream is a promise. It has some tension, it build up, and then when it when it kicks in, it's almost yeah, it's like you're it's like you're humping something in your sleep. That's mm-hmm. that's basically what it what it sounds like. Um, musically, that's what it sounds like. I don't know that that's what uh, that's that's what we're talking about here. Okay, wet dreams. What are we talking about? Oh, we haven't even gotten into the meat of this lyric sandwich. Nope. <laughs> uh, let's just hear just a little fragment of the first verse. Uh, you're so kind of woman verse, got a heart right? of stone. Sorry, what's that, Stuart? That was the first verse, right? So that's like the first bite of the sandwich. That is, yeah, that's a big meaty bite of quite a spicy sandwich. Uh, you're kind of woman got a heart of stone, but watch it break when I get you alone. Take a chance. Come lay down with me. Oh, I want to make it. Um, okay. He wants to make it. He wants to make it to the bed so that they can make it. Okay, that's but, pretty cut and dry. Um, okay, slow and steady, never lost the race. Don't stop running. I'm a fool for the chase. This is all, everything, um, it's a lot of like preamble language. Like a lot of, like we're going to get to something. Um, you know, he's cha- he's running, he's chasing. Uh, he's, uh, play the game, surrender to me. Baby, I don't want to fake it. Uh, and then we get to the chorus, which let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and listen to it because it, it all become it all comes clear in the chorus. Ah, clever wordplay. Thank you, Stuart. You're welcome. So, is it any wonder you got me coming yeah, under up, fire, dude? coming like thunder? You know you make me walk the wire, Stuart. I think we could. Uh, I think we could stop pussyfooting around here and just say what "Coming Under Fire" the song is about. There's two okay. things. Break it down for me. There's there's two things going on here. On the there's a surface level, and then there's a deeper uh, meaning as to there's like a subtext, I guess. But so oh, the okay. sur- the surface level thing. Is basically this is a song. Uh, it's just a sexy romp uh, okay. song about a very sexually charged encounter where uh, Joe Elliott prematurely ejaculates. Oh yeah, that's which too is, bad. Oh, I don't. I disagree. That's one of the sexiest possible uh, se- uh, sexual encounters you can have. It's what. Uh, what the French call the fin amort when uh, when when it's just so sexy that the man can't even contain himself and he and just he loses it. Well, it, it sexually he dies because then because oh, okay. then he you know he's he he blows his load and he's he's you know just fine. And then he he's reborn in. like a phoenix out of his load. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 
But so so the so there's that very sexy uh, surface level thing where sure, he, you okay. know, he's, he's coming, he's coming like thunder. Uh, mm-hmm. He's trying to walk the wire. He's trying not to not to lose it, but he does, and we get this like orgasm, basically. Okay. The but, orgasm falls at an appropriate point in the song, though, or in, at a, an appropriate part of the album, like halfway through the second side, yeah. so that you have plenty of time to come down and wipe yourself off. Yeah, that's that's totally true. Even even a song about premature ejaculation. If you're a, if you're a good lover like uh, like Joe Elliott obviously is, you know to put even a song about premature ejaculation about two thirds of the way through, where where the orgasm is supposed to be. That makes a lot of sense. This yet again continues the uh, it continues to explain for our listeners how kind of how Def Leppard has always been a popular band amongst female listeners. Oh yes, yeah. Because clearly they they know all about the, all their songs are about like love and sexy stuff. Yeah, and and you know just hitting the hitting all the right buttons, even if you don't you know, even if you don't like eating pussy or even you know basically respecting women all that all that much. <laughs> sure, uh, but uh, well, he, he he's a bad boy, but yeah, he, yeah, deep down he's probably a good guy. Yeah, I mean you just you, you want to fix him. Yeah, he's a, he's uh he's an artist. <laughs> or maybe or maybe it's just that it makes those moments where he's tender with you all the more special if you know Exactly. That, if you know that he's not inclined that way at all. It's like if you're eating a sandwich that isn't very tasty, but then all of a sudden you find a bite that's like amazing and you're like, "Oh, man, that bite's even better cuz all those other bad bites." Where is sandwich on the potent metaphors uh, list of <laughs> that we decided where Seems we decided to be that, a, one. that a shut down carnival <laughs> was was number one in in symbolism. Uh, yep. Got an old guy getting hit in the nuts was number two, <laughs> yeah. and so sandwich is like number three, right? Number three, you can it applies to almost every situation. Yeah, yeah. What what almost kind of, every what kind of sandwich you're eating? Yeah. Uh, now I would say so. That's a really great point about him. Even though this is a um, a song about uh, about a about sex that that never exactly happens, uh, that they okay. put it that they put it this far along in the album, so that it's still sexy, so that it still registers as um, even to uh, even to the casual listener. They're still getting something. It's still building up to this, but the the. I think the the deeper meaning of this song is basically tying it into the pyromania element, the fire, like oh, like okay, like why um all the all the songs on this album have some kind of heat or cold or something, and coming under fire is no exception. Uh, I think that I mean, this song right comes right after Rock of Ages because he's done something extreme. He's, you know, at the end of Rock of Ages, they set fire to something. There's a, there's him laughing and and going crazy and burning something down. Very primal act of violence. And this song is basically Joe Elliott uh, looking at the aftermath of that and saying, "Look at what you've made me do." It's a deflection of blame for the violence that he's committed in a prior song. So it's saying, "Is it any wonder you've got me coming under fire? You've." Is it any wonder you've made this fiery situation happen? 
You know, what I do think you think about that, good, Stuart? I think I think you make a good point here, Alex. Uh, clearly, he's shifting the blame. Yeah, it's not his fault that he's coming under fire. Uh, he's he's placing it on uh, the 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 object of this song. The I'm assuming, yeah, the, this woman, this uh, the lady who's so sexy that he blows his load as soon as yeah, he sees the her. one with a heart, with a heart of stone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's part uh, of being that sexy. Yeah, I mean, it continues the trend of humanoid rock figurines. <laughs> wow, <laughs> or, or yeah. figures. You know what? I don't know. If I I'd had say not figurines. even tied. I had not even tied that to the to the uh, terracotta warriors <laughs> that are that <laughs> yep. a common image in Def Leppard songs. Yeah. Oh, very. Yeah, very important in the in the in the mythological aspects. Uh, are yeah. the, the idea that rock people walk among us symbolically and and f- probably physically. I got to say the uh this song really moves. It's got a it's got some good boogie to it. It's a great album cut. It's a very solid album cut. It's got a great groove. Yeah, and it it like it would have been very easy for this album to kind of fall apart post Rock of Ages when you oh, have yeah, yeah. one of the great all-time bangers. And I think Coming Under Fire keeps uh keeps the heat up so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Um, keeps it burning. So, uh, there's a few things that I specifically want, uh, to listen to. Uh, one couple, couple of clips. Yeah. This is pretty important. I think, um, is he says at about one thirty four. this is after the third verse, Joe Elliott says, Am I going crazy? I just want to. Uh, <laughs> I just want to take a moment to celebrate the fact that Joe Elliott says, "Am I going crazy?" Let's hear this. I'm gonna need. Com- I'm gonna need confirmation. Oh, am I going crazy? Uh, when 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 did that line come in? Is that uh, after the, the right before the first chorus or before the second chorus? Uh, that is the third verse before the second chorus. Okay. He says, "He says it's so easy to put on a show. Your body says yes, but you won't let it go. But my passion, it won't slip away. And then it does that. Da-dum, and he goes, oh, am I going crazy? <laughs> so he says crazy, uh, which there's a lot of wor- there's a lot of interesting distinct word choices on this album that I'm noticing. You know, we had the we had danger instead of danger in the first song. Yeah. Um there's like in in photograph he says um he says mystery instead of mystery. I yep. I um at some point in furthering my Def Leppard studies, I'd like to I'd like to find out like I'd like to put together some of the words that he's said the weirdest over the course of pyromania and find out if there's another like little message in there for somebody. It's always these striking, you know, it's danger, mystery, crazy. Like, why is he affecting these words in a, in, in such a specific way? And is there some, maybe it's, maybe it's some kind of a code. I I think it could very well be a code. If you were to find the like matchup, if you took the uh, liner notes of your cassette tape and you cut out the words that he pronounces weird, and you held them up against a Bible, it would tell you when uh, when Princess Di was going to die or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa. 
Let's find out yep. if that's true. Some some <laughs> listener probably wants to figure that out. Sure. Some listener wants to figure out if that's if that's possible or some or listener even wants plausible. to deface their uh, liner notes for pyromania and buy a Bible. Oh, um, yeah, or just you know spend the night in a hotel and treat themselves. Yeah. So the um, I don't know if there's anything else in here that you specifically want to listen to. I I really like the outro, and also um, I, I think there's a there's a moment where. Uh, the, the conclusion of this song is very apropos of what we've been of where, what we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, um, I like how his delivery on a lot of these lines have a like he has a certain almost desperation to his voice. Like uh, it really shows how he is like losing control and just trying to hold on to it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and he he absolutely does lose control and lose his hold on. Uh, his load here at the end. Lo- so yep. let's so let's yep, just it goes back to his load. Yep. Let's just go about thirty seconds from the end, and we'll hear how awesome this is. You know what? Back up. <clears throat> I screwed up. We got to go back even further to really hear it. And we already heard that section, so it, so yeah, it, it, it ends with him going. That was some I'm, clever editing there, Alex. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I, I really did a great job. Uh, uh, he goes, <laughs> "I'm coming," which and you know, it, I love the call and response too. Of you got me coming under fire. Yeah, like the like they're there to they're there to uh, restate the symbolism. But he's just losing it. He's just losing his load right there. And he's going, I'm coming! Yeah, well, and they're going, oh, he means under fire. I'm coming! Yeah. Uh, the, he's talking about under fire. It's symbolic. They're the Greek chorus in the background. Yeah. And then it... And then he tragically he just... splooges all over the place. <laughs> what a great stage production this would make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of guys going, uh, it's not literal, but he's, but he's just... Yep. Losing his losing his load all over the stage. Yep, he's losing. This it. is not literal. This is not literally happening. <laughs> this is not literally happening. Okay, so let's I think that's on. enough for yeah. Let's uh, let's fire up uh, track number four, and that is, you know, I'm getting a little impatient, Alex. I think I need some action, not words. What do you think of that segue? Little slidey guitar, kind of sassy. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, I let that go kind of long, but that's okay. It was I was really feeling it. Yeah. Um, hey, Alex. Somebody called the doctor. I think uh, I think I got a case of the boogie woogie flu. <laughs> Which that uh, song that song delivers it in spades. Do, is you, do, I didn't do, maintain do, the doctor metaphor there. <laughs> I thought you literally wanted me to call your doctor. Like, do you yep. have? Uh, yep. Call my GP. Yeah. Double check that he still takes my insurance. Yeah. Um, did you? I, hey, look, did you get to keep your plan when old Obamacare kicked in? That's the question. I mean, it was way easier for me because I don't work for a company that provides fucking health insurance. Yeah, that was kind of my experience as well. So, yeah. anyhow, so yeah, super left wing podcast over here. Yeah, uh, I'm sick and tired of the damn TV. I'm gonna make my own movie. I want to star in a late night show, and all I need is my video. Shock me, make it electric. Shock me, make it last. Alex, you're still overlooking that sweet slide guitar at the beginning. What's the symbolism of the slide guitar? Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about when you hear, what, what images come to your mind when you hear that? verse and i guess that's kind of a i don't even know what you would call the the shock me make it electric shock me make it last just like a call and response section uh what, sure. what do you what do you what do you see in your what pictures does that paint behind your eyelids well so that's that's like a pre-chorus right yeah basically sure um and uh yeah i mean I think at this point, uh, I I get the feeling like he needs to get charged up. He's a real Frankenstein's monster, and he needs <laughs> to get powered up so he can go out and party with some babes. Yeah, that's what that's one way to look at it. I think certainly. Um, I mean, I, if I was making a music video, that's what I would do. <laughs> I, the I can't th- I can't like hear or read these lyrics without thinking about Videodrome personally. The sure. Uh, I'm going to make my own movie. I want to star in a late night show and all I need is my video. So it's like he's watching TV, but he wants to be he wants to be in there instead. He's sort of fantasizing about being on TV, but it's for himself, not for the yep. viewer. And he and shock me make it electric, shock me make it last. I mean, that's that's masochism. That's ba- he wants he wants to he wants somebody to strap him to something, turn a video, uh, turn a turn a video recorder on, and shock his balls. He wants some ball torture. That's what. Oh, okay. that's what that's I think's what, going on. That's what you're getting here. out of it. Yeah, you know, and it it keeps up with uh, some common themes of a uh, a lonely performer on a stage. Sure. Um, and that like needing the adulation of an audience. Yeah. Well, and I think it totally fits with uh, the this this era's uh, perception of what it was to be masochistic, which is that it was like that it's sort of unhealthy. Like he's gone, we've gone over the course of this album, we've gone through some some lashing out, some acts of violence. Uh, I mean, if we just if we just look at side the way I interpret side B of Pyromania, basically you've got Foolin is a plea for help, uh, uh, Rock of Ages is an act of violence. Uh, coming under fire is a deflection of responsibility of blame for the fire. And then 
uh, action, not words, is self-harm to, as a sort of coping strategy. So these are like, these are like uh, whatever um, levels of, or coping strategies or levels of, uh, of, of um, dealing with guilt or dealing with loneliness. Um, I, d- I don't think that you can say that somebody wanting to have their balls tortured and be filmed doing masochistic things, I don't think you can say that that's actually unhealthy, but I think in the context of this album, it's meant to s- demonstrate his decline. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I didn't... I, first off, I'd like to say that I didn't quite realize that the doctor part of Dr. Death in your name was referring to your doctorate in psychology. In, in, uh, well, in Def Leppard-related psychology. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a, like a, like a minor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. you don't have a minor you, in a doctorate program. You can study, you, yeah, when you... <laughs> Hysterians study a variety a broad range of fields that they all that they all view through the prism of Def De- De- Leppard. Sure. The multifaceted gem that is Def yeah, Leppard. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I think you're it's right. A way Alex. Of looking, think, it's a way of looking at the world. It's like a, yeah, the, it's like seminary. So I would say that you're right. Like Action Not Words does present a picture of this martyr who is uh like who's castigating himself, flagellating himself yep. in front of an audience, shocking his balls off. <laughs> yep, shocking those, shocking those damn balls. So uh, verse two, curtain up, let the camera roll. It's automatic. It's in control. Got no script, baby. Ain't no lines. Just me and you and a real good time. Shock me. Make it electric. Shock me. Make it last. That sounds like a great movie or late night show is one with no lines or a script. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love when you just see just a guy <laughs> get, getting shocked on a table and there's no there's no lines. Uh, the and, they, and the filming of it is automatic. The camera is just kind of rolling. It does sound like great television, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, but I imagine there's probably some really cool effects, some cool lightning oh, effects. Yeah. Like they did it, at this in this time. I mean, you period, can do they crazy stuff with. You can do crazy stuff with special effects nowadays. I imagine they'd have. Well, back then they would have that overlapping uh, lightning effect that looks really cool even nowadays. You know, like the oh, where they're like literally drawing it onto the uh, yeah 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 onto the frames yeah. That stuff looks like so in, awesome. Uh, like in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, like I could just watch that. So I, I think this would be an entertaining show, actually. But uh, and then action, not words. So let's, I guess let's hear the chorus for just a second. Um, uh, but it's just stating the title of the song. and shock me yep he's got a lot of energy in this one electricity is energy <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know that we need to th- there's no big turns in this after that point i think that the solo is super fucking awesome and radical yeah. in this so um i i'd like to play that 
He does have he does have some cool lines. He says, "I'll be the hero, you be the star, with your wine and your caviar. No audition, a starring role. I'll be your Bo- I'll be your Bogart, and you be Monroe." Yeah. Uh huh. Um, were Bogart and Monroe ever in a movie together? Uh, I'm assuming they were. Uh, oh I can't, yeah, it I was. Can't um, remember. Yeah, it was in uh, Transformers Two, uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Okay, was it that? That's Shia the one. LaBeouf. That's a lot of late night ball torture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, that's where one of the transformers has a problem with the other transformers, and they get in a big fight, and it takes five hours. Yeah, yeah, but then there's that long section in the middle that's like in a greasy a big section dungeon. Where it's, uh, yeah, with like water on the floor and like a there. There's just cages all around and stuff. Which seems like a mistake to have water on the floor when you're shocking people's balls. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's part of the danger. That's part of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So let's hear this awesome, awesome solo. I won't. I won't play that entire solo as as, as kicking as that one is as well, uh, for time reasons. But uh, but there, you know, there's just a cool thing where you've got a real you got a real sort of uh, like atmospheric metally solo, and then the and then the rock guitar kicks in halfway through. Classic yeah. classic back and forth two part. Yeah, it's once two again it's guitar. like two dragons flying around in the sky battling yeah. with each other, and then ultimately teaming up to battle everyone else. <laughs> devastating absolutely yep. devastating uh i think that's <laughs> that's all i need to say about action not words that's all the action that's uh, you don't need any more words for uh, yeah. action, especially words. knowing that those two dragons are coming to take take me on yeah, yeah, yeah. we should probably up. hurry this up we should probably uh, hurry up and get ourselves a gun like in this next song billy's got a gun billy's got a gun I've had some really good segues. Billy's got a gun. Billy's got a gun. He's on the run. Uh, confusion in his mind. The blind leads the blind. Oh, Billy's got a gun. He's going to shoot you down. He's got evil in his eyes. Got a reason to despise. Is this another one of those issue songs? Is this like, uh, Die Hard the Hunter? Uh, it shares several things in common with Die Hard the Hunter. Uh, like the fact that it's a song about a lone shooter. Um, it's, it, it's interesting. And we'll get into this a little more. Okay, so what, what what's this first uh, what's this first verse doing for you, Alex? What's uh, what's it what's it making happen in your body? Well, uh, the the way it's set, it's very it's very menacing. Uh, there's a there's a there's a sort of late night desperation to it. There's an immediate 
sense of of danger. Yeah. But but and this I think is really important. The fact that it's a that it's a like it's Billy. And the first word of the song is Billy. Kind of makes you think like it kind of oh. you you automatically like you're relating to Billy, right? Or it's or you at least you think it's like a kid, it's a confused kid. Um there's something that inspires your sympathy or your empathy. Yeah, he's got like a diminutive added on to the end of his name. Yeah. Um, even though even though everything about this is dangerous. I mean, he, Billy's got a gun. He's he's going to shoot you down. You're still I mean, even, like, that, even that guitar and bass part is is pretty dangerous. Oh, dun, absolutely. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you can hear the pick on the on the bass part. So when you hear Billy's got a gun, he's going to shoot you down, you're... Unlike Die Hard the Hunter, you're not like, oh my god, there's this monster out there that's going to shoot me. There's a part of you that, that just because it's Billy, you're like, oh, Billy, come on. Come on, buddy. Yeah, you want to reach, reach out and help yeah. him. Let's hear what happens right after that. Right after. Okay, and then we're and then we're back into that little sort of menacing. So um, we got some dope classic Def Leppard gang vocals in the chorus. Yep, yep. Can you but feel it, it in the air? Danger. Yeah, the way they achieve that like almost mis- like airy mystic quality. Uh, yeah, just a cloud of beautiful, beautiful uh, of, voices, yeah. piercing. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I also love the idea that it. They say danger, and Joe says, "What a strange emotion!" <laughs> yep. Because that is pretty strange to call danger an emotion. Yeah, if you thought danger was an emotion, you're that's, that's a, pretty strange. That's strange. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, it's like he's he's talking about fear, really. But yeah, you want to go ahead and call fear danger? I guess and you're more fe- connected to the want- outside world that way. Yeah, absolutely, and it uh. It has two syllables. Fear only has one. Yeah. Fear. Uh, and Not fear isn't, and fear is in no way a strange emotion. <laughs> no. It's so when, probably the fir- one of the first emotions we learn is, as human beings. Yeah. It's certainly the first thing you feel. Mm-hmm. So the second verse, oh, he was locked inside a room without a door. His innocence he suffered for. In a world of black and white, they were wrong and he was right. Uh, just looking for a clue. It's a nightmare come true. He's going under underground to track that danger down. Uh, uh, so so yeah, heavy, it's a lot heavy of, stuff. Heavy stuff. It's, it's a lot of background here. We're, we've already been introduced to Billy. Now we're learning how he got to where he is at the beginning of the song. Yeah. The song throws us into the story media res right in the middle of the action. And so, at this point, after this first little uh, little breakdown, they go back and they're like, okay, he was in a room, he suffered mm-hmm. for no reason, now he's got some gun. Yeah, and he's a, they, they, they're pointing out that he's, a, he's basically a victim of kind of moral absolutism, because they say in a world of black and white, they were wrong and he was right. Um, uh-huh. so, it's a, so you don't really have a choice. If, if you live in a world where everything is supposed to be right or wrong, 
the minute you decide something is wrong, you have no choice but to go out and fight it, even if yep. even if it's not the right way. Which obviously, obviously, Joe Elliott is not on the side of what Billy is doing because at the end of that verse, he says, "Oh, Billy, why you got that gun?" And then we have the bridge yep. of this song, which is uh, pretty pretty great. Like it's a pretty beautiful, okay, pleading moment uh, here. Alright, what I think is kind of confusing, but also maybe just interesting is um he, they start that you you think that that little list of of states so never give him an even break getting caught is the chance you take it could be your last mistake you could be so helpless as a bird with a broken wing like a sheep in a lion's den gonna fall but you won't know when uh he's gonna get you it t- it it always takes me a little while in this point in the song, to realize that they're talking about me there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's very ambiguous. Never give him an even break. Sounds like they're saying something about the state of Billy's life. But that's actually a command. They're saying, don't ever give him an even break. Don't ever let him get to you. Getting caught is the chance you take. It could be your last mistake. They're talking to, they're talking to me here. Yep. Not Billy. And you don't really... That doesn't kick in until you until you hear Joe at the end of that go, He's gonna get ya! So there's a so lot what you're saying of, is that don't take too much pity on this guy, because he's a loose cannon. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely they're saying that. But at the same time, I think there's a, a bit of deliberate ambiguity about who's like who's at fault here. This is the classic thing about does the does the world make the criminal or is the criminal against the world? Yeah, heavy stuff. Uh, then there's a, so then there's another verse where you hear footsteps in the night, see shadows on the wall, and the ghostly sound of silence as the mist begins to fall. Beautiful, <laughs> uh, incredible. Uh, yeah. Then a scream rang out like thunder, but the lightning was too late. Shock me. <laughs> as the rain came down on the crimson ground it was the hand of fate the crimson ground so somebody's been shot yep and a crowd of people gathered around but billy couldn't wait so billy had to run off billy had to fuck off because he shot somebody in the, the ground, rain it, it could be red because it's blood or it could be the red carpet to attend the premiere of the movie they were making in action not words yeah starring humphrey bogart and madison monroe Yep. And uh Debbie Harry. So you hear footsteps in the night. This this verse it's it's like it it really is something out of a movie here. Cuz it's basically oh, yeah. you've got you've got you go from silence to thunder. Uh, scream run rang out like thunder, but the lightning was too late and then and then he says it's literally raining. Everything is this is such an incredible verse. 
from yeah. from guys who are brilliant lyricists to start with. But the the just that it's like a everything is the language is tied to the location, which is tied to the action. So it's like in a movie, you have some you have silence, then you have a gunshot that rings out like thunder, but then you have actual lightning, but then you have rain on the ground and there's blood on the ground as the rain is as the as the rain you know disperses it across this like courtyard or whatever that is so fucking cinematic man yeah in in what six six lines of this song they managed to paint a picture that you know who knows like homer and the iliad took him fucking forever to tell me that story right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah come on steinbeck you couldn't do this. You couldn't do this in six lines. Uh, but you also know each of the characters in this scene so well. Because one of them's Billy. Yep. And you just know Billy. As soon as you hear Billy, you're yeah, like, yeah, know, I know, know Billy. about this guy. And the other one's you. Yep. You get killed in this song. That fucking sucks. Yep. Uh, so... I am going to f- now float my... What, uh, what a cliffhanger of, of an album, though. Yeah. That the, the the album ends with you, the listener, lying, bleeding on the ground because you didn't heed Joe's warning. Exactly. And uh, I think there's even, there, there's even more to it than that because I, I'm going uh, to float my theory about pyromania, about the meaning of pyromania entirely. Okay, I'll, I'll listen to it. <laughs> Thank you, Stuart. Thank you for listening to these theories. This is a um, safe place. This, well, it's going to have to be pretty safe, because this, pro- this might be my most crackpot Def Leppard theory. Oh, wow. This has gotten me laughed at. Let me, uh, let me sit down, then. This is my Jar Jar is a Sith Lord <laughs> Def Leppard fan theory. Uh, so I think that Billy is Die Hard the Hunter. I think that Billy, I think that Billy's got a gun and Die Hard the Hunter, the two ends of side A and side B of Pyromania, tell the exact same story in which you, the listener, get shot and killed by a lone strange gunman. But the reason he tells the story twice is because side B breaks him down so much emotionally that he, by the time he gets to the end of it, he relates to Die Hard the Hunter, and he understands where he's coming from, and he can see the, there's like a nobility and an innocence and something where you, where you sympathize with Billy, whereas with Die Hard the Hunter, he's just a, he's just a monster. And Joe Elliott gives you two chances to escape this monster, and you never do. But the second times. time, but the second time, he actually relates to Billy because he's been so broken down, and now yeah. he's completely—it's—it's—he's become a nihilist. Basically, he's saying whatever at this point. Like I might—I might as well relate to the guy who shoots you this time around. Yeah, and both both songs, it's almost like uh, both songs are told, they're the exact same story told from two different perspectives. Yeah. One sympathetic, one unsympathetic. As well, both of them end with a, a killer with a gun and you and the killer being surrounded by a crowd. Yeah. Well, and in, and in Die Hard, the hunter, uh, there's a, 
um, it's just unchecked masculine aggression against what what Joe is acknowledging are like social norms. So like if somebody goes into a to to society and just shoots somebody, Die Hard the Hunter is like saying that that's a monstrous act and that that's just not right. And Billy's Got a Gun is actually giving you some of the background and it's sort of it's sort of Joe seeing the end result of like his own nihilism to where he's like he no longer he he can no longer truly condemn somebody even if they shoot uh shoot his own listener. Yeah. Um it's pretty pretty heavy. So he's so basically Joe Elliott is saying uh, if even if you dear listener, dear fan of Def Leppard, uh even you Stuart, even you Alex, even if I saw uh-huh. you get shot at this point I'd probably be like, oh, I wonder I wonder, you know, what's going through Billy's head. Wow. So Joe's in a pretty dark place in his journey right now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I really feel bad for him. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I feel bad for us bleeding on the ground as a crowd begins to form and it's but just as, getting uh, rained on. Not to jump too far ahead, but Pyromania does uh is going to lead into uh Def Leppard's most commercially successful record that is gonna we're gonna start talking about next time, Hysteria. Yeah. So theoretically there might be some uh like a couple rays of light. Uh I don't wanna get on the too horizon into that. I nope. I, I wanna leave the listeners bleeding on the ground. Okay. Uh, I do not want to give them a, a ray of, of, of light. Just 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 hang out. Sure. It's, so we, you're getting uh, rained on, and that sucks. You're bleeding out. That also sucks. But so we should, while you lie there, why don't we? Oh, uh, we want to listen to a couple, uh, uh, well, couple I mean, of bars. A, okay, there there are great great solos in this and stuff. But I think that um, I think that we've we've kind of uh, it it builds up. There's another one of those um, uh, bridge sections that's really that's really beautiful and it builds and builds and builds. And then uh, we, we should hear what, what it culminates to, which is a really interesting uh, musical choice here at the end of the song. The, the moment when you actually get shot, which is a full four minutes and 40 seconds into this epic rock track. Bang, bang. So there's actually a little clip of a guy saying bang, bang. Yep. So that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's terrifying if you ask me. Uh, the, one of the things I really love about that section is that, uh, is that swaying guitar that's going... Sounds like a steel, like a steel guitar. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's just very... Um, uh, it's turbulent. You know, it's like... It's like the it's like the weather or something. It puts you it puts you in a place. Yeah, you're um, stuck in the middle of this rainstorm, right? Yeah, and uh, and let's hear let's hear what happens because again, the, the, we've talked a few times about how theatrical the music is on this uh-huh. album, and there's there's a little coda at the end of this song 
that is like um outro music or something or um yep. or perhaps it's another transition and i like to think that it's taking us to uh to another place perhaps as we bleed out on the ground where as, yep. as as you the listener is dying this is what carries you off to heaven or hell or whatever whatever you experience um after after you die uh so here we go this is this is the music that closes out the album pyromania Uh, so there's so, no rocking guitars in that. There's no. no the, uh, there's no awesome Joe I've, singing. There's no. There's no cloud of beautiful vocals. I've read. Uh, I've read a theory online, Alex. Okay. That uh, that sound was simply a drum machine effect that Def Leppard tacked onto the end of that song, so that they would have. Uh, they didn't want to have any wasted tape on the cassette tape. They wanted their listeners to get the maximum amount of music for their buck. Um, but I think that is kind of seeing the forest for the trees. That's a pretty cynical. Think, that's a pretty cynical yeah. view of why they would put that there. Um, I think that calls into question their integrity as artists. Yeah. Uh, if 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 you want to apply that theory, which is what, which is kind of why I I've asked you a few times not to read other people's. Uh, theories as to why uh, Def Leppard does stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Alex. There's a lot of there's a lot of cynicism out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation online that's designed to you know provoke a particular worldview. I, can, and I just don't want I don't want to see you losing your way. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't looking searching for it, but I was reading a Yelp review for Joe's Crab Shack. And then they started talking about how Def Leppard's song was playing in the background <laughs> yep. and Pyromania, and they got all into it. And, you know, I was hoping that I'd get a breakdown of how expensive their well drinks were. Sure. Um, just because so I, I was planning a night out with some friends, and I wanted to know for a fact that if we went to go Joe's Crab Shack, we wouldn't break, break the bank. Um, but instead, they just spent most of this review on Yelp talking about uh, Def Leppard's Pyromania album. That's messed up. They should really it put was, a trigger it was warning really on messed that. Messed up. Yeah, in case, exactly. I'm like, in case you're somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. who's trying to maintain, you know, the integrity of uh, of of Def Leppard. Yeah, um, and it was uh, it was Yelp user Snape kills Dumbledore, which like, <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. That that sounds like just somebody trolling, just just trying to trying specifically to target you. And ruin yeah. both ruin both your your reading of the Harry Potter book series and and your love of Def Leppard. Yeah, I think. Did you uh, actually? And, and did were his were his well drink prices accurate? He he made no mention of them. Oh wow! And yeah, so really I called I called off the entire dinner. <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. I went actually, to, I went to I went to LJS instead. Long John Silver's. Yeah, uh, which I just brought my own alcohol, so that shit was cheap. Yeah, and the fish was delicious. That you know what? That sounds like a better experience than Joe's Crab Shack. A battered to me. experience because my fish was covered <laughs> in batter. Good one. 
So this, <laughs> this has been a great podcast. This has, uh, this has been a real fun podcast. Uh, please join us next time. Even uh, though it was basically morning and we didn't, I didn't have any beer or anything before we yeah, did this. Well, well, next time we'll do it even earlier and we'll have beer anyway. Yeah. Um, my, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm Stuart Wellington. You can normally find me at my side gig uh, as a podcaster with the Flophouse Podcast, a comedy podcast about movies. And with me, as always, is Mr. Alex Smith. And where yeah. can they find you, Alex? I can find me online at, uh, at Lydia Burrell on Twitter. It's a, like a woman's name with two R's, two L's, and Burrell. And uh, also at Howl Dottie, um, which is like, like these, I don't know, goofy videos that I make on YouTube. Uh, so just look up Hal Dottie on don't, YouTube. Don't oversell it. Don't oversell your videos. <laughs> uh, they're fantastic. They're 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 gra- certified goofy. I mean, I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's a lot of people making comedy videos on YouTube, but um, but mine. Let let me let me just say mine are are very funny, uh, and they're available on YouTube. Uh, Funny and available. Funny and available is, uh, okay. is the tagline. Uh, but also, uh, again, I want to I want to reach out to people to review this podcast on uh, on iTunes. Give us a good review, um, and don't spoil uh, anybody's don't don't spoil any major uh, film or book series as you review it. And also, don't uh, cast any dispersions dispersions or asper. It's cast aspersions, right? Yep. Don't cast any aspersions on um on Death <laughs> Aspersions. <laughs> on, That's where on, you say mean things about a ghost. Don't don't get, <laughs> Don't say anything mean things about ghosts or uh or be cynical about the way Def Leppard composes their tunes in your reviews. And also send us something, artwork, anything, any comments or anything to Till Def Do Us Party. That's two L's and Till. Uh and two gmail, peas in party at gmail.com yeah and two peas in party um yep. so that's yeah that's it thanks for listening thanks for listening thank you thank you <laughs> 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 all right <laughs>